0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. I'm your host Clayton at Clayton's AOC on Twitter and I'm joined by my co-host at FPL Nima. How you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, man. Really good. Thank you. Good to see you, buddy. Looking forward yeah, to reviewing this big game together.
0: Yeah, sorry. We're uh, more than six minutes late. We uh, tried to schedule it to go at 10.06 for obvious reasons, but uh couldn't quite stick to the schedule uh, like West Ham fans. So yeah, here we are uh fuck me what <laughs> I don't even know where to start like s- sunday was one of the most bonkers games of football i think i've ever been at um i think it's my best away game i've done just like yeah
1: uh should I, I just get straight be, into that? Right? Like how I, I was going to say it has to be because isn't it like a record breaking away game in the sense that it's the largest away win in the league for us in like since like 1930 or something yeah, <laughs> something
0: crazy I, like that and i like this is where i i wish i like did my research on stats and stuff because i've heard so many different stats doing the rounds uh uncle mike's in the chat morning lads uh uncle mike actually had surgery on his knee so i uh, hope you're recovering well mate but i am um, i'm sure uncle mike's got all the stats uh i'm i know you usually look at the match reports and stuff i think i saw yeah. there's a few in there uh if you just if you could have a look at that uh, yeah yeah meantime. but why don't you but...
1: start telling us about your experience so obviously i'm gonna just well do yeah just want 30. To
0: yeah just wanted to shout out delia's in as well good morning guys but um yeah before we get into the actual game i'll just yeah i'll touch on a little
1: bit about because obviously i just saw and, you were leaving to go there and like you got a ticket last minute right so it was all yeah very literally,
0: so it was like 11 a.m right and obviously for <clears throat> in the uk it was a 2 p.m kickoff and uh i'm not gonna say where i live but i live like north london um the game was obviously in east london but i was at my parents house and. Uh, I was literally having a shit right i was on the toilet <laughs> just get a phone call from my um my old football manager who's a big arsenal fan and he's like oh clay i'm so hungover. do you want my ticket and i was like fuck yes so i uh literally finish up jump in the shower and obviously i'll get a... he um lives like 20 minutes from my parents house uh again in north london so i was like the context of everything was it's 11 a.m by the time i was like finished showered everything it was like quarter to 12 and i was like Fuck, i'm gonna, like race against the clock here uh so i ran to my mates to get the ticket got that all sorted then another mate who i messaged as soon as i got the ticket he wanted a lift to southgate station so I parked at southgate because there was no bloody um what's the line that you get to stratford like the the hackney wick line that overground one wow i've not even heard of that <laughs> one
1: yeah the, is it the orange line
0: the orange line yeah what yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: i um, think that is just called overground yeah yeah oh it's
0: just overground yeah but like that wasn't running for some reason so literally like ran to southgate piccadilly line uh piccadilly line all the way to finsbury park changed there to get to king's cross and we had to get the bloody train that was going to dover to get to stratford international we get to Stratford International at like 140 or so. No, sorry, I tell a lie. We got to King's Cross, yeah, and we were too complacent. It was like 115 and we we're like, oh, let's have a beer. Have a beer. And it's like no Shit, 45 minutes
1: before kickoff, you were having yeah. a beer in King's
0: Cross. Yeah, and the trip, <laughs> but we didn't realise the trains were like we just assumed they'd be like every two, three minutes. So we literally got a pint. I f- I remember it so clearly. It was like 107 and the train was at like 112. So I literally got a pint of Guinness, sank it, ran to the train. <laughs> And it was just full of West Ham fans. I was like, oh, fuck it out!" And then, yeah, get to international. And um, I think it was like half one. But then the mates I was with, they walked so slow. <laughs> it took us 35 minutes to walk to the stadium. So I missed the first five minutes, but then got in there. And um, like, have you ever been to the Olympic Stadium for any football or sport events?
1: not recently i think i went there closer to when the olympics happened but it's been yeah. a long time obviously i don't think i've been there since it was properly converted into like the west ham stadium right it's a it's a really weird stadium like obviously i went in
0: the carabao cup when we lost but this was a much more enjoyable experience but i had a very similar seat it was like the upper tier and you do feel like you're in another postcode. Like, you really, like,
1: I think... I it's can't huge, I right? And it feels like you're quite far from the pitch, because of obviously so where they had yeah, the athletic yeah. um, track on it, right?
0: Yeah, massively. And, like, um, I think I tweeted a picture of it if people want to have a look, but there's that. And then also, in terms of, like, being in the away end, it's really hard to get songs going and stuff. And I think, I always say, like, I genuinely think we've got one of the best away fan bases in the country. Like, I really do. And at West Ham it's really hard because you've got the lower tier which are so separated from the upper tier so it's almost like you've got two sets of fans and it's like it's quite hard to get momentum going in terms of like singing songs and stuff and it's A similar but different experience to Wolves, away where Wolves is just one whole stand, you just got the lower tier. So, you know, in some grounds, like you're just boxed in, there's three to five thousand of you, and like it really helps get the atmosphere going. I think with grounds like West Ham and Wolves, it's quite hard because you're dispersed. But, um, Mm. anyway, that was my morning get there. And then, like going into the actual game, it was I didn't know what the lineup was, I didn't know Tommy wasn't in the squad, I didn't know Jesus wasn't in the squad because I was like rushing 100 miles an hour. So, I literally get there and I'm like trying to look on the pitch
1: like okay who's playing this that? and it was only half you're tap. like oh where's Jorginho oh there's Kivio like oh yeah. Trossard and Havers it's just like what is going on <laughs> um, it was crazy when I saw the lineup and saw the bench I remember just thinking damn that's like seven first team players not in the squad like that's and again like, I no... was thinking how can we change this game I was like if we bring anyone on I was like what we're gonna bring on Eddie Nelson, and and Eddie. Nelson? yeah like that's it like no see me throw against so I was like Honestly, pre-game, I was like, Oh my god, if we need something to change this, what the fuck are we gonna do?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was the same once I clocked what the squad was, but yeah, I guess that's probably a good segue to go into it, right? Like lineup comes out and uh it was obviously standard, really. Well, it wasn't really standard, actually, was it? It was Ryering Gold, back four, three of the back four were standard and white Saliba Gabriel and then Kivio obviously played. There was a lot of uncertainty around like is Zinchenko a doubt? Is Tommy back? But Kivio got the nod. And uh, yeah, neither Zinchenko or Tommy were in the squad. Midfield three, he went with Rice, Odegaard, Havertz. I thought he'd go Jorginho, but he didn't do that. And then front three, there was no Jesus. So it was Saka, Trossard, Martinelli. What was your, so you kind of touched on it there, but when the lineup came out, what was your kind of initial thoughts and stuff?
1: Yeah, so I was trying to figure out who was playing through the middle. Like I wasn't sure before the game started whether it was still Havertz and Trossard was playing left centre mid or if it was the other way around. And I was convinced that the kind of the new, you know, like the dual tens everyone's been talking about with uh, Odegaard and Havertz in that kind of four-two-two-two yeah. against Liverpool that we've been uh, trotting out, it didn't feel like this was the same system, but it felt like no. something had been tweaked, and I just couldn't get my head around like what has he tweaked? Something felt interesting and exciting and new about like, the that kind of adapt-
0: Once you saw it playing
1: out, well, once I saw it playing out, but at the time I wasn't sure. Like it just seemed like our standard four-three-three. I thought. Or, you know like he's just playing with who's fit because that's how you know thin the bench was um, but when I then actually saw us playing I was like oh right okay like this is actually quite interesting like obviously we saw Ben White was kind of playing in a more inverting from the right role yeah. rather than having the left back invert
0: Yeah, and it just think...
1: everything seemed so different like Odegaard was very deep there was times when I actually felt like watching Havertz, Trossard and Odegaard it was like we were talking about the two tens against Liverpool. I felt like there was times when there was like three tens,
0: yeah, all in that 10 like, space. And I think crazy. what you said combined with what Uncle Mike said in the chat about like he Uncle Mike was worried about final third ball progression without Zinny Jorginho. And I know he's saying final third there, but I think that's a big reason why Odegaard was dropping and linking play because we've seen that a few times, right? The one that really sticks in my mind was Wolves at home where yeah. he started doing that. I think it was Brighton as well was another one. And I I think that was because there was no Zinny, Jorginho. And um, to be honest, I, I looked at it as I thought it was very much a similar system. We just flipped it where... Kivio played as a natural fullback and White did the Zinchenko thing, to be honest. And then I think there was just natural fluidity, which we have in our team anyway, where you see Trossard dropping deep and people running into space, like for the
1: penalty. Um, I think it just looked more me. fluid than I've seen, right? So it, for me, it, was, I agree. it looked like the football of last year for some reason again. Like yeah. it was very fluid, very rapid. I felt at times this season we've been a bit slow on the ball, slow to release it. It felt like they were a real team. Yeah. And like I've like I think the best example is like it felt like if someone was out of position, other players would immediately know to go and take that position for them. Yeah. And just the way they celebrated the, the the kind of defensive action right at the end to try and maintain the clean sheet at six nil up. I, I remember seeing like when they took the shot and Ryan made the save, and I think Gabriel also cleared it. Um there's a clip want, I saw, a video clip gif, where like yeah. six of them all run onto the line. It, it's like the way they just move. Like it's like it's just there's not even a thought needed. It's just yeah. It's like telepathic. Like they're like, no, clean sheet. Six clean man just sheet. run onto the goal line. Like, I'm, I'm you know one, it's just one thing that, that kind of connection. I've not seen it for a while. I just felt like no, it was
0: missing. I agree. One thing I want to add which you make a really good point. You know, when you said like it felt more fluid. It felt like more of a team. If someone vacated a position, someone else would go there. You know what the best example for that was for me? There was a period where White kind of went into Saliba's lane and then Saliba actually went into the right half space and he was driving with the ball. And again, it was more like the framework's there. People know in different zones what sort of profile is required and what they're expected to deliver. So even when Saliba moved into that area, he drove with the ball forward, and it
1: was just yeah, was, like they change what they're football. doing in game based on where they're now in, yeah, like like they'll fill each other's spaces, but then also not just fill it and do it their way, they'll fill it and do it the way the actual player who's meant to be there, does. yeah. It's uh, um, that's it's you know, really a team that kind of, love each other do that, but I think a team that maybe like we talk about, like say, like a Chelsea where we say there may be more individuals than a team. I don't see people like breaking sweat for each other to no. cover one another if someone's out of position. Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. And I feel but like just in terms get... of attacking wise as well, Perfect. I think I was just like in shock. Um, I think obviously when Saka st- stepped up for the penalty, I was a bit like we've been here before. Like it was only April last year that I remember being 2 0 up and not winning that yeah. game. So <laughs> I-, I felt a bit nervous, but it also made me just realize that wow, this boy, 22 years old. About to what score he's doing his, is um, a joke. Yeah, well, I think it was what his fiftieth goal for the club, and he was just about to score. And at the end, when they interviewed him, man, like he was like his face the way it showed, like saw... he didn't even know there was a record. They were like, "Oh, had, did like, you know that was your fiftieth goal?" <laughs> and then suddenly he like goes to like a smile, and he's like, "Oh, really?" It's yeah, like, it, was it was so just, genuine, like, so sweet and genuine. Um, but then the fact that he was still not content as well, he's like, "No, like I should have finished a few more of the chances." I thought.
0: Sure. There was a header he
1: took that yeah. um, I thought that the head wasn't a great header. Well, should, but should, we the, the yeah, should we go into the timeline? go into the match, actually? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's go into the timeline. Nice one. So, wow, um, that yeah. looks disgusting. They, this time, uh,
0: we could be here for four hours going through this timeline. But I've got a couple of questions I actually want to ask you about like before the first goal. But Oh, yeah, uh, of course. For the podcast listeners, stats from the game. We finally cashed in on XG. We finally scored more goals than our XG. So it was obviously 6-0 xg according to mark our stats model was uh west ham created a whopping 0.18 uh we had 3.47 threat was 0.33 to 3.18 we had 70 possession to their 30 defensive action <laughs> uh, sorry field tilt was uh 78.4 to their 21.6 that's absolutely ridiculous but um yeah as you can see from the graph like this is a game where you do not need stats to back up what happened, right? Because like you mm. all watched it, like. But it's more what I'm interested in is before the first goal. How did you feel about the nature of the game and stuff like that? And obviously, you touched on that. Like, we had, we did have a few chances, right? Tross, well, there was Trossard's header, Trossard's volley, mm. great save. Was Saka's was header, Saka's before header the as first well? Goal?
1: I think so. It was probably around the 15th to 20th minute. So I think that's just before we... Because we only started scoring after about 30 minutes, right? So, yeah, I think it was. reason I ask your opinion is I
0: felt very chill. I thought we were creating chances. And even though I didn't think... Like I said to Suj, who's obviously a West Ham fan and work's been funny this week. um, (laughs) I said to Suj, like, I didn't think in the first half hour it was going to turn out to be a 4 to 6 nil game. But I did feel confident that we were going to score, like, Mm -hmm. a couple... But there were people behind me in the ground moaning and groaning, like Arsenal fans, um, with like how we were playing. So that's why I wanted your opinion, because I was very comfortable with what I was seeing in front of me and thought it was a matter of time. But how did you feel watching it?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think for the first 15-20 minutes, I felt frustrated. like Because I remember like it was maybe five minutes in or less, there was a moment where Saka received the ball on the right wing. And we talk about him being doubled up on and stuff. But I remember looking to see, okay, can he like deliver it into the box to someone? And I just looked, and there was like, I, I genuinely counted right, and there was six players blocking his chance to like cross the ball into the Damn. fucking box. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a long day. I just remember, see, so there was a few moments where I was like, no way. I was like, surely they can't maintain this discipline for this long. I was like, if they're going to put six men on that side to watch Saka cross a ball in surely there's going to be space somewhere else on the pitch for us to you know expose them but it just it just felt like the same old shit that like i was like for the first five 10 minutes i was like oh no like and, and i don't think we really made much of like a chance of note until about 20 30 minutes in so that you can even see on like the cumulative xg like yeah it's quite flat for the first i'd say 20 minutes and then it starts to climb like there's maybe yeah. one big chance there two big chances but it's once that first goal went in, it just started to feel inevitable. Like, like it was just seen... crazy.
0: Yeah, like, well, so I was, yeah, let's let's go through it. So, first goal. One thing, again, I re- I want to point out, which I think is, again, a very... I've got these random things that I remember, which are, people would say are somewhat irrelevant. But the passage of play that led to us getting that corner one thing you've known, I've been quite critical of Havertz's kind of lack of intensity in the areas he picks up, right? I really think he's coming into his own in that. And like this game, the, this um, goal, I remember it was either Rice or Saliba passed the ball nicely into Havertz, who was in a pocket in the left half space. And then he was the one that actually drove the ball forward. And then like a few things happened and we got the corner. But it was more what you said earlier about like that positional freedom of the team. Like, I'm finally seeing him picking up the ball consistently in areas and I still think there's um, sometimes on the ball like he looks a little bit lackadaisical but I really I'm really liking what I'm seeing there um, but yeah that was just something random that was in my head yeah anyway, no, I think
1: I think he looks very good as well I think him and Raya are starting to settle I think yeah, Mike has said no, here as well like first time Raya looks accepted right so big time it, yeah no I just feel like he he's felt like he's always been playing with some pressure that like
0: Raya or Havertz. Yeah, it's
1: like kind of like this uh, Raya, both of them, but Raya because he's kind of like displaced the fan favorite. At least with Havertz, he's replaced someone who's no longer here, so yeah, he's not having to listen to people saying, "Oh, the other guy should start." The other guy's not here anymore. Like Jeffers gone, right? So he's got to live with that. But with Ramsdale, people still push for him to be starting, right? Uh, yeah. But I just think from what I've been seeing these last few games from Raya. shows me that like maybe it didn't feel like it was a huge ceiling raiser but i'm already starting to feel like there's a reason we don't concede many chances on goal like these guys had one shot on goal i think we've had two shots allowed on goal in the last 180 minutes of football Like, it's just crazy like you know we reduced both liverpool and city coming to the emirates to one shot on target each as well so like there's clearly and something in laugh the way I Raya's... triple yeah. Arsenal defence in fantasy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like obviously you know people like don't I think accept that Raya is very good at claiming these deep crosses like the way he just comes out and he's proactive and the, the speed at which he starts
0: the counter. like with. the way you know how we say Rice's legs extend it's almost like Raya's torso and arms do when he goes to collect the ball
1: I just suddenly see him like grabbing these balls in the air and I'm like oh I've not Seen this for a few years at Arsenal, like I'm not used yeah. to this, and, and, I, and think, I think there's actually numbers that back it. So, like, I think there were some numbers of like last season, like Ramsdale's um catches or um, you know, claims from crosses, it was something like seven eight percent, and for Raya, it's like 15 to 20 percent. So, um, there's like there are metrics there that are showing that like he is consistently claiming these crosses. The
0: thing I was saying earlier in the season as well when he was making the mistakes, I was on the, in the camp of like, yeah, sure, like he may not be the biggest upgrade but profile wise it's a clear shift in where we're looking to go but now i think you're seeing like you say he's playing with less pressure he's coming into his own i think his confidence is growing he looks like he belongs here and for me it's the key things like you say with the claims uh from crosses the, the other big thing is when we used to face shots ramsdale with parry raya catches it and it's a chance for us to then control he offers himself out as like a third centre-back option, which... That's what I was going to say. I feel like
1: on. the the speed, like the quickness of his feet, I do feel it allows us to also sustain pressure and to prevent chances on us. Now, I still think Ramsdale is a better shot stopper, don't get me wrong. Yeah, But I think we're trying to but, play in a way where like, we shouldn't we be needing to many make many these Hollywood saves. Yeah, like we shouldn't yeah. have to be making loads of saves to survive a game that... You know, we should just be suffocating people and not giving them any chances. Is yeah. and I, I honestly feel that we right now, I, I think it's hard to see a case for why we're not in the top two or three defenses in Europe. Oh no, absolutely. No, I just absolutely. don't see how. I'd say we're, we're, the, we're by numbers the best defense in the Premier League. Agreed. Um, so you know, it's, not, you even a, it's some, not even a conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's not even a debate. But maybe some Italian clubs, because I know. I love me some good old Italian defense, but maybe I will put one or two Italian uh, teams like there with us. But overall, like the XG we concede per ninety, it is bottom two or top three in the entire European top five divisions.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like who would have
1: thought we come this far? Um, we were a team that was very Literally. much like We'd go get
0: six nil everywhere we go, and uh, now we're we've doing something. We've games other where teams.
1: we're four nil up, right, and then we've drawn like four four and things like that. So, wow, that's <laughs> I,
0: it made me laugh on uh, on Sunday. One of the guys in front of me was actually at Newcastle away. What twenty? Oh
1: shit, twelve? Was it twenty twelve? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Something it was like, it, like Boxing Day or something? It Was like near Christmas?
0: Yeah, and uh, I can't remember what time of year it was, but I remember it was four nil up, and then obviously who sadly passed away um he scored to make it four all didn't he but uh yeah it was less of that on Sunday but yeah on, on the topic of our defense it's like I think it's one thing with how solid we are defensively but then the effect that these guys are able to have from set pieces is a joke and obviously that's how we went one new up and it's another metric where we're flying in the league from set pieces and you could see it coming right because we had a few corners before the goal and it's like it, they were really looping it in there. Um, and then obviously How do you Saliba feel about Declan to...
1: Rice being the one to deliver it? Because obviously Martinelli it. used to take those corners on that side. But now it seems that Rice is not just taking corners. He's taking like free kicks as well. Like he's starting See, to take with it over a lot of the
0: pieces, right? I heard it on match of the day too. It was something like Declan Rice had taken like two or three corners uh, pre-Dubai. Uh, and then since then, I think it's been like 12 in three games or something.
1: So, um, yeah, and he also got I two remember. assists in this game one from a corner, one from a set piece, and he scored. But, like, yeah. for me, the reason I mentioned his corners is I do wonder if in the past, I always just thought of him as like a really big guy. So I assumed you'd want him in the box. In but the box. we you. have a big, strong physical team. So, like, there are enough big guys in the box, got like, like a Gabriel, a Saliba, or a Havertz. Like, there are big, strong men in there. Like, if he's got delivery like that, I think I was seeing when one of the ex-players was talking about him, it might have been Rio or someone, and they were saying that just the way he whips it in, yeah. you know, the whip Pain. on him is disgusting. A he's like, attackers it. want that, defenders are panicking. Like No defender wants to receiving a ball whipped in like that. Yeah. And, he's, and he kind of compared it to, he said, it's not quite, doesn't quite, doesn't look like a David Beckham delivery. I was just going it's like a Beckham. Yeah, he, he, he said, it's not quite there, but it's definitely like a Ward-Prowse delivery. And, you know, yeah these years people are talking about Ward-Price being the best uh, set piece specialist or dead ball specialist in the league so to think like he's come here and he's you know potentially already um, outdoing his goal assist contributions in a season in his yeah. career and he's still got like a third of the season to go um, I just feel like I loved Rice so much and I didn't know there was all these other things that we would Same. help him evolve to do yeah like and skill that's- sets that he didn't have maybe before. And it's something with...
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's something that as his career develops with Arsenal, I think we'll continue to see him add things to his game. He's just got that thing about him where you can tell he's got that attitude that if if the coach sees something... He has got the ability to learn and implement, which I don't think like like with Bellingham. He's someone I look at like a back of that guy to add whatever he needs to his game because he's got talent, but the attitude and belief to implement stuff. And I think Rice is the same. I think this guy is going to be a freak for us. But yeah, we could spend ages talking about him, and we'll come. Yeah, back Rice. To we could just talk goal, about
1: but... the whole game, but we'll come back to yes. him on his goals. Here. So I think Saliba's goal, obviously. That was when I felt like, as I say, like for the first 20, 30 minutes, it didn't feel like the chances were too meaningful. But once okay. that goal went in, it really started to escalate. Um, what What did you notice about, obviously, the the, the penalty? I, I I just think, was the, the ball from Trossard, from deep? He found that who ran yeah. in. What yeah, like, I thought that was a fantastic ball. Yeah. So again, yeah. Like, again like, Trossard, ground, like he's been unreal since Dubai as well. I was going to say, because I feel like sometimes we're nervous that like, are these players going to maintain the levels? And just like everyone's better since Dubai. Like yeah. we, we, we're the only club apart from City to have a 100% win record since Dubai. Really? As in, since the winter break, only Arsenal and City in the Premier League have got all wins. And this is the thing. I don't want to speak too
0: early, but you know, like we had a lot of conversations
1: earlier in the year, but earlier in
0: the season, sorry, about clicking at the right time and stuff. And it does feel like we're coming into our gears now. And like, you get timber back, you get party back. If you have Smithrow available, like I saw a tweet from that Mo Arsenal saying, "Yeah, Mo, did you see that? Time. That looks
1: quite exciting."
0: <laughs> yeah. So for anyone that's not seen it, um, a guy who's like fairly well connected said that for the first time this season next month Arsenal are looking to have a fully fit and available squad. And like if that happens around March, when you're kind of in the 10 to 12 games left in the Premier League, you're h- halfway through the Champions League, round of 16, looking at the quarters, that's the right time for it to be happening. So, yeah. Um, I can't wait.
1: I, ho- I hope that all goes well. Um yeah, it, so obviously sounds Trossard, like we're close to that. But
0: yeah, yeah Trossard, yeah,
1: fantastic ball to... Obviously, get Saka through and find him, and then like Saka obviously wins the penalty, gets taken. What I was
0: confused on though, in the ground, it wasn't clear because we were on the complete other end. So we saw the collision, heard the whistle, but it like because even on TV when I watched the highlights, the ref didn't exactly go like clearly, it's like his arm was like that. So yeah, it was a bit weird. I thought he was focused on so the reason I think he gave
1: a yellow card, right? So yeah, but it wasn't, I I think the the goal wasn't the yellow right. So, so for me, the reason I assumed it was a penalty was just like, it felt like he wasn't like pointing at the spot, as you say. Maybe he was waiting to see if it was onside or something. I don't know, waiting right. for Bob, but, but he'd given like the yellow. That's like, I immediately noticed like, he was like, okay, no. like. So we couldn't even see that. We, we were genuinely for a few minutes like, what's going on? Has he been sent off? Has he, yeah. Yeah, no, no, honestly. So, so obviously the penalty came in. I did think to myself when that penalty came up, I was like, is he gonna give it to someone else? I was nah. like, he's won it. I was like, he's won it. Does he now feel like last year long been in his wait. mind? But there was a long fucking wait, man. Like that's what I mean. So there was, like by the time like they were like, okay, like yeah, everything looks fine. You can take the penalty. I just it felt like hours to me. I don't know. To be fair, did you see how much injury time there was? I think yeah. half of it was that VAR check for the penalty. So well, it's like this... seven minutes extra time.
0: So obviously we we go 2-0 up, right? It's the 41st minute. Like you say, there's so many minutes added time. So one of my mates, he was like, oh, I'm going to go get a few few beers for us. Do you want one? I was like, yeah, sure. And um, I was like, I'll come down in a minute. Uh, and then he missed both
1: goals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, what happened was in that spell before the halftime, at 2-0 up, I was like, this is great. We're going to go into half time. We then score three goals in six minutes. Yeah. In six minutes. And it was still the first half. I just at that point I was like, no way. Like if you're West Ham, like what is the team talk even when you go in at halftime? Like, yeah. like what how do you even save this? Like this is this is a bad, bad moment for them. Um, but yeah, no, so obviously talking of the other goals, did you see um was the third goal? Was that Gabriel? That third goal was Gabriel, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so Gabriel, I think someone mentioned this. Maybe it was Arsenal Vision, guys. Um, maybe it was Elliot or Clad. It's all about how, like, recently, when you're seeing people taking, like, sometimes free kicks, you'll see, like, there's always that Odegaard standing over it with someone else, like, maybe Rice. And then, like, Gabriel just kind of goes over and, like, chats to them about something. I saw
0: this on Match of the Day. They yeah, like, he just kind of chats
1: to them. Then he goes back into the box and then he tells the players in the box something. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, and he's done this in a few games in a row now. So I'm yeah. like, what is he telling them? Is he just telling them, look, like, trust me, like, trust me, just give it to me, trust me, you know you want to give it to me. Well, I, what What is happening? Because like, the, the reason I asked this, right, is that he has scored the most goals from set pieces in yeah. the Premier League since he arrived of any yeah. player. And I think this is what these guys were saying, Clive and Elliot, that includes players who've been scoring from direct free kicks like Salah or Moore prowse Yeah. He's been doing all fourteen of them in the league, That's from nice. being the guy in the box, not from taking the set. Yeah. So I think to your that, question it's uh, clearly like, want, Nick, like, how? Like this is what I want to know because like if he's well, doing we're this so consistently, we surely are so... teams are prepared for it.
0: Well, yeah, they can prepare all so they how want, does he but still like, I, do I think, it? well, I think it's our coaching staff, right? Like it's our coaching staff go to such a level of detail and planning that I think supersedes everyone else in the league and you can see it like the the minute details and the specific specificities of what and how we do things is so unique and like to your point like what's he saying I think it's clearly they've got like plan a b c d e he'll go over to rice say all right we'll go with this one and then he communicates it to the others I think it's as simple as that but it's like you could say the same with like everyone knows how we try to play football. Good luck still trying to stop it, and that's why everyone's parking a bus. It's the same with set pieces. Like people will be trying to stop it, but we're so
1: innovative in what we do and how we do things that it's hard to keep up. And but like even yeah. at Ben White, right? So, like I think these guys were saying on their pod, they were like, Surely after the last few seasons, especially when like the Trossard goal got ruled out last year because of like, Ben White holding the hand of the goalkeeper, they're like Surely if you're a team about to face Arsenal, yeah, and you've prepped all week, surely the one thing you know that you shouldn't be doing as defenders is letting Ben White just be there causing nuisance in front of your goalkeeper. But when you watch it, they just leave him to like fuck around with Ariola. Uh, don't, don't how can they not prep that? Like what the
0: i I'm glad you brought that up though, because teams have tried to do that. And then the, this is where we're so smart. When teams then go and block Ben White, we've got numerical advantages elsewhere in the box. So, it's like, yeah. you're f- teams are fucked against us from set-pieces. You can you cannot stop us. Like, we will find a way, always. But
1: people told us set-piece goals aren't goals, right? All season, we've been hearing about how Arsenal doesn't score enough goals. And after this kind of rampant display, I'm pretty sure we're close to on par with the goal scored of both City and Liverpool in the league this season. Yeah, Plus, we... we have the best defence. So... This- you know, that's crazy turnaround. Like, I do feel since Dubai, we have been a different beast. Yeah, we
0: We have. needed that rest. This, this game was also huge for, like, kind of stat padding, right, and kind of closing that gap. And, like, if if we were to go to Burnley next week and win 3-4-0, would people be surprised? I wouldn't. So, I think it's just the case of, like, in these games where we've got the opportunity to, like, really try and stick the knife to these teams. But, yeah, so, obviously, that was the third goal. Um, and even like from the in terms of like limbs and stuff, it was interesting. First goal, we all went mad because it's first goal, it's like the sigh of relief sort of thing. Is that just relief, second,
1: right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Second goal is a penalty. So like you've got that anticipation, and Third it's anxiety goal,
1: anxiety as well, like just yeah. watching it.
0: Third goal, it was literally same again, like <laughs> raucous. And because like, and it was brilliant delivery from Rice, great Eddie Gabriel. Fourth goal was like, I just surely the at that Odegaard... point,
1: you're like how like
0: just... yeah and this is the thing like what I'm going to get to in a second like Odegaard picks up the ball I thought it was a really nice uh, blindside run from Trossard actually he actually went on the blindside of Zuma and then like when he picks up the ball he's able to turn in as Zuma's turning and like those specific details creates the angle for him to curl it in right and once that goes in like i could see that so clearly because it was literally like leicester away where you can just see it curling in and that's where we were just jumping laughing my mates obviously missed two goals i've got two pints waiting for me at half time, so i'm laughing and we go into half time, and like you said what was it it's three goals in six minutes yeah. and we're, we're genuinely we're just like stunned like what has just happened here and um like the game's done like yeah, it was so surreal. And to be honest, it was at the point where we're thinking coming out in the second half, like, is he just going to change things at half time and stuff? But yeah, what, what were you feeling going
1: into half time? If you can even try to describe just, it. Yeah, no, I just felt like I was in a dream, to be completely honest with you. It was like everything I thought that we could do. And it just gave me so much more conviction in everything I've been saying for the last two, three seasons about the fact that we're only really two years into this project and before that it was all about decluttering the house and clearing out obviously we talked about how we halved the wage bill like you know our kind of wage to revenue ratio used to be about 76 yep. percent it's like 51 percent. you know we're much healthier in that regard compared to most of the other big six clubs who are in the 70 percent plus range for revenue to salaries but um it just felt like and in all of that we've also extended all the contracts of everyone we want this young core but like one of my friends asked me, he said, Oh, are you gonna say like, you know, Arsenal's still a young team, so you don't expect them to win this year? I was like, Yeah, they're young, but I'm not gonna use that reason anymore. Yeah. Now I feel that they've matured together. Like when you've got Bukayo Saka, the fastest player to like fifty goals for Arsenal, 100 and goals, hundred goal well. contributions, yeah, at twenty-two years old. Um, you know, Freak, he's not man. started one league game in three seasons. Or, like, he's, mm-hmm. he's not had minutes in one league game in three seasons. it's like, like, at 22 years old, and then, yeah, of course I'm going to call them young, but they're not young anymore. These aren't, like, your 27, 28-year-old, no. like, lingards where you're like, oh, it's a young talent. They're going to come good. My brother at 22 is already going crazy. So, I'm like, now I just want to see him, like, play in the biggest stages. I want to see him play in the Champions League knockout. Yeah, like, bring it on, man. Yeah, and, and I, the reason I bring Saka up especially is because all season I've been hearing about how he's out of form, how he's having a stinker of a season. He's already matched his goal assist contribution of last season with 14 league games to go. Has he? Do you know yeah. Like my guy is on, I think it's like 14 goals, 13 assists across all comps. He's on 26 combined goal assists this season already. And there's still like oh, a dear. third of the season to go. Do you know what I mean? He's the top goal contributor in the Champions League on his first ever appearance in it. Seven goal contributions above Kane and that everyone else. So nuts. like I just find it crazy this narrative that like If he doesn't get a goal or assist every week, it's like, oh my god, he's out of form, he's not world class, he's crap. Okay, I understand he needs to achieve certain things to be definitively world class, but my guy's consistent is boring, like and assisting, and like he's on his like at that age. I don't understand how you can be such a leader. He is the face of Arsenal Football Club and England's national team. Yeah. Like that's wild. Like for 22 year old So yeah, they're not young anymore. The reason I said all this is that it just felt like all this time i've been waiting for when we would click when i could prove to all the fucking haters all the people slandering our players all the people slandering our coach including our own goddamn delusional fans some of them that there is something amazing happening here yeah. like we are you so bl- like we are just like but that's what i've be, said but it felt like today not today so this weekend just for me it was just that's what it was so seeing 4-0 at half time asked, going in long story short was it just felt like, finally, I had all the ammunition I need. Yeah, vindication. I was like, anyone tries to say shit to me now, I will berate them in their clubs because I am not taking shit from anyone else, Chelsea fans, United fans, Tottenham fans. No, 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 no. Like, I am not, as I said it before, I'm not being gaslighted into this view that we're competing with Tottenham and Villa for top four. Fuck that. We are yeah. in a title challenge. They keep coming out with things... That make them feel better by saying, "Oh, you're gonna win no trophies." Is Just Shut the fuck up! I am so happy with our club and where it's going, and the years ahead that are lying in store for us. And this game, for me, felt like that moment where we may look back at this, as you say, for the goal difference, and at the end of the season, this game may end up being a super important turning point. Yeah. So yeah, I just it was at halftime. It felt like a statement. You know, this yeah, is a team 100%. that was our bogey team. They knocked us out of the cup. They beat us at our stadium earlier this season. We drew to them to begin a collapse of the title challenge last year. It's like, we're just taking all these, uh, like, hoodoo off our shoulders. and just yeah. This team don't seem phased by anything. They're just, nah, they're relentless nah, and they just yeah. believe in themselves. And yeah, and it was so, could, honestly, it's so exciting.
0: You could see that in the second half as well. The way we came out, I think previously, I'd probably say we'd come out second half and it's 4-0, we'd probably just keep the ball, this and that. And you just see, like, for me, the fifth goal just summarises the difference in this team and ruthlessness, where Odegaard picks up the ball, Saka's in a nice place, uh, nice space, sorry. Odegaard swivels it into Saka. I thought that was a really nice pass. And then Saka just drops the shoulder. And I don't know about you, but as he was about to take the shot, I was like, goal. And even in terms of, like, celebration, I literally just went like that. I didn't even go mental. It was just, like game's done but this ruthlessness and then literally fucking two minutes later
1: <laughs> it had to be
0: it literally had to be the, the like, like, you ball. know i think he
1: got subbed after that kick as well so he, he did probably yeah, getting subbed off regardless standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like obviously he didn't celebrate and i think it would have been i, I would have kind of questioned his me- mental capacity if you know just six months after he left them he's there like Going nuts over the sixth goal in a six-nil. The battering. Thing, like... The Funniest thing though was
0: um, when he got he got the assist for a couple of goals. He celebrated. Uh, he, he did celebrate them, but obviously because
1: he scored, fair play. But um, yeah, I think mean, when you that, score that yourself just... like that, you gotta like avoid the drama. You don't want that drama. Yeah. But you know what's just... funny, by the way. So um, the I've seen. Uh, I think it's Alan Shearer. He's come out and this week they're complaining that we didn't celebrate enough. I saw. That. They're saying yeah, Rice yeah. should have celebrated more. Yeah, you can't win. That's it. You can't win, man. You just can't. Win, yeah, t- to be fair though, like like you said, it, it's the
0: sixth goal in a dead rubber game. Like you're not gonna go mental. Like like I said, for the fifth goal, I was a fan there, and
1: you know me as a fan. Like I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I but it's what I mean. Going. Like it's not it's not like Anthony playing in some League Cup or a Cup against that Newport yeah, County exactly. going nuts over his fucking only goal of the season or something. Like I I just think some players embarrass themselves when they don't have the kind of mental awareness that. Just, just have some self-awareness. Like It's your first yeah. goal, bruv. Like, yeah, what what a goal that was. And that just kind of... It the wraps curl up. on that as well, man. Yeah. Is, you know, he got the long-range screamer as well against Luton, was it? He obviously got us the, no, Luton the winner the against United. Oh, that was the header. So was it... There was the deflected uh, screamer that- against United to win it in the death. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a screamer, but still, like, it was... Yeah, It's a screamer <laughs> in the context. First goal yeah. for the club is the winner against Man United who Gonácho they thought had won it for the minutes prior yeah. like in terms of like really just watching the pain in someone I know United fans suffered that day I, yeah. know exactly.
0: I think what I loved about this sixth goal as well is like you see everyone's reactions and you see Saka like that oh <laughs> yeah so Saka it? and
1: Odegaard are there with, like their hands on their head Odegaard and Trossard ben were White obviously
0: <laughs> like both 50-50 going for the ball and stuff and yeah that Did just you see
1: White?
0: Uh, I don't think actually no
1: he just suddenly stands, like he sees Rice going past him to the flag, and then he just like stands, stops, and just starts clapping. <laughs> <laughs> he just does, he just cracks me up, man. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> oh, just I and then it. just
0: to like kind of wrap up, obviously it's six 0 yeah, and then it's nice we can just flex the squad. Like we took off Rice, Trossard, Saka. Finally took off Saka with like more than just ten minutes to go. El Neni came on, like that says it all. It was a game where he took a few Neni...
1: t- chances as well. He tried to get a couple. There of was more one. <laughs>
0: There was one. I thought it was just going to be deja vu when it came out to him. And, uh, I think I, I literally started just singing, you're just a shit Declan Rice as a joke. And, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was nice to just be able to flex the squad. Obviously, I
1: think Jorginho must have had a knock because uh, if El Neni came on, then... Yeah, I think they said that um, the intensity of that Liverpool game to play the way he did. yeah he aggravated like totally Because he's had an injury for months. Apparently, this entire season he's been basically training with injury, ready for every. So he before this game he was only not available for one matchday squad from the injury he has, but he's had this injury and he's carried it the whole time. And apparently, he's ensured that he's always been available for such and every game, bar the weekend and one other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're talking about like just the 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 mentality he has to, despite that injury and pain, still always make sure he's available. So yeah, but yeah, fair play made
0: those subs. And then obviously with 13 minutes to go, we bring on the mighty Cedric Suarez and Ethan Nguan- oh, um, Yeah, that's great to see him playing again. And, get- and I think he looks so comfortable and like he belongs Yeah, I don't want to get
1: excited because of the game state, but I, I like the... He doesn't look 16, right? Like he looks well filled out for his, his age. His technical ability, the, the
0: way he moves with the ball, like his movement, he...
1: His composure, like I just, I really wanted to see him score a goal, right? But I think that that's like it's okay. Like I can live that. Now I know he came in at like it seemed like he was playing a bit like Saka's position on the right wing. So obviously that's yeah. also less dangerous than if he was playing like in the middle of the park. But he did yeah. find himself in some of the half spaces in the central areas. So and and you know he actually I think I I think it was who was it? It was um, Nelson came on like maybe ten minutes earlier than him,
0: yeah. and.
1: I think oh, wait, by no. the end of the game, Noweneri had more touches than Nelson. Really? He he'd like yeah, he completed more passes, had more touches. So again, it showed like Odegaard kept giving him the ball, and yeah. they all felt comfortable. And I think obviously we heard afterwards, I said that the bench were saying to him, "Bring, bring on him Ethan, on. bring yeah. on Ethan." So like it, since then, it sounds like uh, Ramsdale's commented on a photo. and said that it was Jorginho who was the one pushing for ethan to come on but oh really so, so it's quite hilarious because you can you even see, see that. it
0: from from social media though like ethan obviously posted the photo and like you see the comments of like saka odegaard declan rice saying special special talent and, like you don't go and do stuff like that if you're not convinced and you you can do you know what it is with him i've actually seen him in the academy and he stands out but i think he's the sort of person that when you're playing with people that are like even better than you, it kind of brings out a better side of you. Right. And it's like, you think of it in any aspect of life, like when you work with people that are better than you, you improve your performance. When you perform with people better than you, your performance improves. And I really think he's someone that, yeah, like don't want to get carried away, but fuck me. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Like I don't expect him to be a starter anytime soon. And like, you know, there's a world in which either he goes on loan next year, or he's even more involved in the first team setup from next season. He's going to be 17 soon. Um, the, the reason I just I just want to put into perspective how far he is from being a starter for us before people get carried away. So when he's Saka's age, it will be 2030, and we say <laughs> Saka, and we say Saka's young. Yeah, to have achieve to achieve what he's doing at 22. Now, how many other players st- like had played any league minutes for Arsenal at 16? When I look back there is only a handful, right? Like, we've got the Wilshers of the world, the Fabregas of the world. Even across the league and other clubs, you have, like, the Wayne Rooney's of the world. There's very few... Records are there
0: to be broken.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, so obviously it's natural to um, connect him to other players. But before we wrap up, one thing I do want to say is that it was just the way he was gliding around with the ball at his feet reminded me of someone who I always dreamed would become England captain, Arsenal captain, you know, I thought he was going to be my hero forever, like 10, yeah, number 10 Wilshire, captain of Arsenal, that's what I dreamed of, I wanted to be, I thought he could win it all for us, and injuries have wrecked his career, right, but in terms of just the profile, the way they're playing, I'm looking at that dribbling from Ethan, the way he just effortlessly releases the ball, yeah,
0: Glides around the picture the when he yeah. receives
1: it. Yeah, like I'm just like, no, this is special. Like, obviously, there's a long way to go, as I say. Like 2030, he'll be Saka's age now. So I just really want to watch him develop, watch him slowly play with the men. And I think playing with that group, as you say, you're only gonna get better if you're playing 100%. with these players. And they're taking him under their wing, it looks like. Yeah. So I'm excited about him because there's no better indicator of how good a young player is than the players who see him training and whether they decide to give him the ball or not, right? So if the yeah, player are yeah. saying to the manager, put him on, and Odegaard's there passing him the ball every chance he gets, you start to think, okay, I've seen it before when someone's got a bad first touch and no one will pass them the ball, bro. I've seen yeah. players come on for us and everyone looks at them and then just turns and passes the other way. Exactly. So that, that there's something in it that these players are passing to I you think- in the Prem game.
0: I think it ties in quite nicely with what Delia says, and we'll kind of wrap up on this note. Yeah, of course. I don't even care if we don't win the title. I'm fully enjoying every match. I missed seeing the playing so beautiful. And I think it's that combined with, like, what you're saying about Ethan Neri. Like, just enjoy it because, like, yeah, like, sure we'll all be upset if we don't don't win the title but that doesn't mean in isolation you shouldn't enjoy the liverpool win we just won six nil away from home when is that going to happen again like and you're seeing a youngster come in and really impress and kind of look like he belongs in men's football just enjoy it like we can't control what will happen at the end of the season right and you'll you'll like you'll beat yourself up if we don't win anything at the end of the season but you also didn't enjoy stuff like last year we didn't win the title Bournemouth at home is still one of the best moments I've ever had at football so like yeah I I, I really like what Delia said there and I think it ties in nicely with like area as well I I need to yeah, I think to it was his did, name properly. I think that just
1: showed like that like if there's any Arsenal fans who have something to complain about after last weekend they need to get their head checked I'm sorry like yeah. like, like I've seen people complaining about like Cedric coming on and so like Royal Walters really? and I'm like and I'm like bruv like you are so out of touch like I just don't even know what to tell you. There's no helping people like that. I'm sorry. Like, If you're still complaining after a match like that, just because our rivals also got wins, well, guess what, mate? Like, Liverpool weren't going to fucking drop points to Burnley, bruv. Let's just be real. A Man City squad, which has the entire squad available for selection for the first time this season, was not going to lose at home. Yeah, they had like a 300 mil bench. (laughs) You just got to accept them. Like, Fuck everyone else. Just just because on us. Win our games, do what we need to do, do not even look at them. We will have our chances to take points from them. We will play City. City yep. will play Liverpool. Spurs yep. plays all three of us. Like yep. there are games in these run of fourteen for each team where points can and will be dropped. And I have every faith that Liverpool will get to the Europa final. They will get to the cups. You know, these teams are going to go further along in their competitions and they're going to have congestion. And they will be in the So will we, because we're getting to Wembley. <laughs> Wembley, oh, is that where the final for the Champions League is? You didn't this know year? that. I think I did, but for for some reason, I just thought FA Cup because I just I think of Wembley as our home ground. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, the, Tra- the FA Cup,
0: right? final, we will be there. But yeah, now I think that's really nicely said. And, uh, on that note, we'll we'll get out of here. Nice one, guys and girls. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It was a yeah, really really enjoyable weekend. Things are going good at the moment, so just enjoy it. And uh, if you're watching, if you're listening back. Uh, please drop the stream a like Hit that subscribe button I actually wanted to shout out Pontus Who, who was at the gym uh, Saying hi from the gym We'll listen to the audio version later Just wanted to say hi Hope nice. you're good mate um, Yeah, that's everything from us We'll be back on Friday to preview the Burnley game Hoping to keep this nice run going Before the Champions League starts next
1: week I cannot wait for that So, yeah. so excited Up that's the up ursel, the come on you got it <laughs> That was awful. You need to do that again. <laughs> oh, I, it's because I was catching myself saying up the arse, but um, I had to stop. I was like, shit, I don't to style this God. one out. A couple of up, brothers, the up the arse, though. Up the